Hello, Lions, and happy Saturday. That's right. My God, it's Saturday. Why are you hearing my voice on Saturday? Well, because we have pledged to do more content during these coronavirus times, and I've got a lot more time at home, so we may as well. And one thing I did was a live stream with my friend Mike Brancatelli, former co-host of Part of the Problem with Dave Smith, current host of the Mike Adelic Podcast, and we hopped on our Facebook live stream for about an hour. I'm going to be doing more of these over the coming weeks, so uh, if you're not following our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Liberty, be sure to follow that And uh, you'll hear that conversation in just a minute. But first, I want to remind you that we are working with our friends at DonorC. DonorC is an amazing app where you can directly see how you're helping people all around the world. And they are really focusing on helping affected areas that are in poorer countries, uh, people that are affected not just by lack of uh, ventilators, lack of normal medical care even. But uh, if those countries do get hit hard, they're going to be in a lot of trouble. And at the same time, there are a lot of effects of just the lockdowns, people not being able to gather, not being able to get hand sanitizer. And this stuff really affects these much poorer countries in an exponentially more significant way than they do us here in the uh, the first world, as, as they say. And we will be contributing 10% of our Patreon earnings through at least March and April to this project. You can find more about what they're doing over at DonorC.com slash coronavirus. And of course, to check out our Patreon and get access to all of our bonus content, be sure to check us out on Patreon at Patreon.com slash Lions of Liberty. Enjoy the show, kids. Welcome to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here's your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Clare. And I, yeah, I am here live with uh, Mike Brancatelli. I'm here. We're live streaming to Facebook, our public Facebook page, um, because it's the age of Corona and we're doing more content. We're doing more things and we're here to talk about stuff. So, uh, Mike, how are things? What's been up with you? Um, Yeah. No, nothing much. Just, you know, you know, typical day. No, actually, I mean, really, uh, I mean, it's uh, you titled this How to Stay Sane. And uh, and today's the first day that I'm actually kind of like teetering on the brink of insanity. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure I'm the expert that should be uh, addressing this topic per se. Maybe neither of us are because I haven't felt particularly sane lately. I felt sane, but I, I felt for the first time. Does it feel like to you like for years? I mean, I remember when I was first be- getting into libertarianism, I listened to like a lot of Alex Jones and watched a lot of sci-fi. I still watch a lot of sci-fi. Uh, and uh, we always come up with these nightmare scenarios uh, about the police state coming in, uh, being under martial law, um, pandemics, these sort of things that have always been things that we've talked about the possibility of. Uh, but when it actually is happening and it actually is feeling like the sci-fi thing i mean even 9-11 to me was scary but it, it i don't know this feels this, to me this feels totally different um there's many similarities but to me this this feels like so much more uh global in effect because it is that's why it's called a pandemic and it but but to see like not just like okay in 9-11 the, we had the patriot act we had we had war starting we had the united states doing all sorts of, of terrible things this just feels like suddenly the world is under martial law where whereas like two weeks ago everything seemed relatively normal coronavirus was something i heard about in the background it was to me it was kind of like swine flu or bird flu or all these other flus we've heard about but never really affected our way of life and then suddenly here we are so what are your thoughts? How is this unplayed for you? Played out for you? It, it's so interesting, Mark. It's like, it's so crazy to think two weeks ago that like all the terminology and all of the language and all of the new social norms that are being enforced and not just being enforced by top down government, but like, you know, people, people kind of like quarantine shaming each other or whatever, you know, stay home, uh, social distancing, like all this new stuff. It's just amazing how quickly it all took off and how, how it, we've all kind of like assimilated to this like new state of, of, of normalcy. And of course my mind always goes to what's going on. Like what, what are the powers that be going to do? And you could go and I've, and I have, and I know you're a conspiracy guy and, 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 you know, and you start, you like you mentioned, you started off you're that just way. like them. You're trying to label me too. Oh, wait, I, I labeled myself that way a few minutes ago. Never mind. <laughs> right. But it's, I think open-minded, healthy doses of pers- multiple perspectives is always good. Right. So it's, you could get lost in all these stories and I kind of have been a little bit, but I want to stay sane. So the kind of, the thing that's helping me stay sane is just grounding me in the fact that, 
you know, just trying to control like what I control and also knowing that power wants more power and never let a good crisis go to waste, as Rahm Emanuel said. So I think we could take, you know, the government, the governments of the world are definitely acting in that way. I think it's time for also the people to act that way too. Like, don't let this go to waste, like start paying attention, start like preparing a little bit more for things that are going to roll out. Cause it's There's going to be changes. We just don't know exactly what they're all going to be yet. How, uh, how prepared as, as prepared as you can be, did you feel for something like this when it actually played out. Cause it, for me, like for years, I was sort of like a prepper. I was the kind of person who'd always be buying like canned foods, like extra waters for years and years and years. I had a house in Los Angeles where I was, I was building up all this stuff. And then over time, uh, a lot of that stuff expired. I moved out of that house. I'm now in a much uh, smaller bachelor pad type place. And I never really ended up replacing that, that stock, uh, at least not to a comfortable level. So like, I suddenly found myself thinking like, man, I don't feel prepared at all for this run on groceries for the, I, I happened to make a Costco run not long before the toilet paper ran out. So I, I'm pretty lucky. I, maybe I shouldn't have said that publicly because now I might have people beating, beating down my door for toilet paper. Uh, but I, I felt myself very uneasy. Like, like I have all this knowledge. I've had all this, these thoughts about preparing. I've, I've done it even over, over the years in so many ways. And then this kind of caught me off guard. And suddenly I realized like even someone like me who has the mindset to be prepared and who has prepared in many ways felt so unprepared. I can't imagine what it's like for someone who never even thought that, you know, a trip to the grocery store would be even something to even be worried about getting everything you want. Yeah. Well, don't beat yourself up about it, Mark, you know, because you, I mean, you obviously you're in the right mind frame, you know, and it's like, it is hard too sometimes when the, when it's not so ever present in our face, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and we kind of do forget, I mean, we're just human beings. It, It can be a little difficult to always be in that prepared mindset. And it does take a lot of, you know, cognitive energy to kind of always be thinking about what's coming next and whatnot. But yeah, I think, um, yeah, being, being a little prepared is always a good thing. And I hope now people take that more seriously, you know, just have some, have some backups, you know, have some rations and, um, you know, really just, uh, also be prepared with, with your health too. Like, you know, like a lot of all the talk that we're hearing from these centralized institutions, the WHO and the CDC, and, you know, it's all about like vaccines and, 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 and all this like medical, medical monopoly, medical, uh, tyranny, you know, um, almost. And it's like, you know, maybe we should be talking about preparing people with like boosting their immunity in more natural, holistic ways, healthier ways from food, from vitamins, supplements, you know, so that, that kind of preparedness as well, as well, I think. And regardless of the efficacy of vaccines, I I feel like for many, it's, it's sort of like, it's sort of a immunity cop out. It's kind of like, Oh, we get, don't worry. We should out your kids with all this stuff when they're really young. We'll, we'll pump them full of these needles. They're going to be fine. Instead of having a conversation about like how to keep a strong immune system, instead of having a conversation about how, you know, how your things you can do with your body to make it stronger, why regular exercise, regular sunlight can, can help build up your immune system. Cause either way, I mean, I think building up the body's natural immunity, let's just presume you, your, your body is capable of doing that. Obviously there are people that have illnesses and diseases that don't let them operate in the normal way. But I think if we if we have a choice between building natural immunity by keeping our bodies really healthy and having our bodies you know, create, you know, antibodies in the way that they do. Um, that just seems like if all things were equal, a better way to go than just injecting us with a bunch of stuff when we're young and then never addressing that part, never addressing all, all the reasons that our, our bodies don't fight disease as well in certain times. Um, why do we even have a flu season? It's because we have winter. It's because we get less sun. I mean, and I'm going to go on rants all over the place because that's the nature of this thing. We have no, yeah. but I mean, it, it really, what really hit me and frightened me a bit was when I saw recently in, in here in LA, um, you know, once everybody was shut down, cause everybody here works in either is either works in TV production, which doesn't exist anymore, or, uh, works as like an actor who in their free time works at a restaurant or a bar. I mean, this is like I'll hardly ever, everybody I know is, is affected by this in some way. So people were flooding the outdoors. It was like the only thing we're allowed to do. So let's go to the trails. Let's go hiking. Let's go to the beaches. And and to me, that's like the healthiest thing you can do is be outside. I mean, mm-hmm. getting sun, at least keeping your body happy, keeping your mind happy. And then because they were upset that people were recrowding these places, because there was more people than usual for it, because no, nobody's working, um, they decided this was, this was now, um, these were now mass gatherings and they closed the parking lots of the beaches. They closed all the trails. So now we're, what now what are we supposed to do now we're supposed to just stay inside we can't even go enjoy nature and do the one thing that is like well, the most healthiest things we could do right now which is be out be in the sun 
get get in touch with nature. Instead, we just have to, I guess, stay inside, locked inside all day. I mean, I'm not doing that. I'm taking my dogs for walks and getting outside. Um, but all the places I really want to go, I'm not even supposed to go to now. It's just like the, the the healthiest thing I can think of to do would to be is to be outside and be in nature as much as possible right now. And it's the one thing they're trying to discourage people from doing as much. I mean, especially because even just looking at the the science of the virus, I mean, it it's, it doesn't live as much outside. Uh, you know, it, it thrives more in indoor areas. So if people are staying packed inside, if one person happens to bring that virus in and they're all staying inside, that might actually be worse than if they all just went outside and spent the day outside frolicking around. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think the format of this is we're, we're each going to rant and occasionally pause for breath. And that's when the other person can step in with their thoughts. Sounds good to me, Mark. Yeah. Now you make some great, great points there, man. And, and it's like, it really is, you know, if we weren't already living in a socially isolated and dependent world, you know, uh, we, we've already been kind of pushed into our own little cages and separated from community and connection and relying upon the um, information, wisdom, help and support of neighbors and friends and each other. And rather, you know, we've been living in this world where we become dependent on centralized authority, whether it be government or Amazon.com or, you know, central banks or whoever, um, the, the pharmaceutical industry, you know, the medical monopoly, the, the CDC and the World Health Organization, these places with all their experts and all their wisdom is, uh, yeah, it, it, it really, it's, it's, it's like, encouraging people to alienate themselves from their own body, their bodily autonomy, their sovereignty. And that can't be good. You know, you know, what's best for you. You know, when you feel healthy, you know, when you feel good, you know, when you feel like things are um, uh, aligned, you know, and uh, people are so afraid now that they're, they're willing to trade their liberty for safety and security, right. As the old, line goes. And, uh, and you know, that's, it's, it's, uh, it's a dangerous thing because it's not like you said, I'm not, uh, what I think you said, you're not anti-vax or, or right. Uh, I don't say? know if I said that I, I am or not. I I'm, I don't know. I, I'll, I'll be honest. This is one area where my, my subject, my, my subject, my opinion is constantly evolving as I learn yeah. more and more. I, I would say I, I've definitely become very personally, like I'm not interested in taking a vaccine <laughs> like for myself. Like I have no, in my mind, I have weighed the risks and benefits and I don't want to put that in my body when I feel like I do have a relatively healthy immune system. Now, if I go and travel to some country in Africa and there's something specific in that place, I might do more research into that specific vaccine and that specific disease and rethink that. And of course, right. if I have children, then I will rethink that in a totally different way. So, um, I would call myself for medical freedom in every way, including taking vaccines or not taking vaccines. I guess that's where I would stand politically, you know, right now. Yeah, I think I, I'm, I agree with you, you know, cause, um, and I think, cause I think that it's, it's really about, uh, having the freedom of, to choose, right. you know, and, and having that, having that, that, that choice, you know, because I really, we would become the tyrants. If we told people you're no longer allowed to take vaccines, we, you know, we want to, I would never be able to support that politically, even if I did think they were dangerous, you know, even if I, just like hard drugs, just like heroin, I think it's pretty dangerous. I would discourage you to take it. I'm not going to, well, you know, I'm not going to advocate for it to be criminalized for you to go into a prison for it. So I would never advocate that for vaccines. Even if I felt hundred percent sure that vaccines were dangerous for everybody that took them, I would still say, well, I don't think it should. Here's, here's why, but I would never want to criminalize that just like anything else. Right. Yeah. And I think the, I mean, you know, it's, it's like, uh, you know, I'm a psychedelic guy. And so, you know, yeah, I, I, come on, really? What's your podcast <laughs> called again? <laughs> it's, called, it's called Mike staying straight and straight and straight in the lane. That's what it's called. <laughs> yeah, it's called Michael, Mike sober. No. Um, yeah, but you know, so it's kind of like almost choose your own reality. Like if you really are in this kind of social isolated germaphobe, freak out mentality world where you completely are convinced that everyone should have vaccines. We should have mandatory ones and all this kind of stuff. Then that kind of shapes the narrative of your belief system, which reinforces the, your actual reality, you know, and, 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 and it'll probably work for you. It'll probably be okay for you, you know, but, uh, but really it's all about having the choice. And like you said, I think going outside and getting in the sun, that's the way to stay sane. That's the way to stay healthy. I was at the park yesterday. Everybody was, like, you know, that's the surreal thing about this. The really eerie thing about this is that it's not like you're going outside and seeing people exploding. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. 
And it's almost, it's interesting because the, the, it, it's sort of like, if that was the case, I think we would all be kind of like unified and be like, yeah, this is crazy. We need to stop this no matter what. This is not how I pictured like the zombie apocalypse pandemic playing out at all, where the biggest problem is that there's just not enough toilet paper. <laughs> right, like, yeah. but, but no one's like eating brains or throwing up or on the street, like all these things that I would have pictured in a worst case, horrible apocalyptic scenario. Now it's just that, uh, no, we can't get that much toilet paper. That's it. I know. And it's so, it's so crazy. Like, why was that the, why was toilet paper the first thing that people think of people are just like, Oh man, I'm going to be at home. I'm going to be shitting a lot. Yeah. My first thing was like, do I have enough water? Do I have enough food? Have I thought of all the things? Like, I don't know. I'll think about what to wipe my butt with later. As long as I have <laughs> stuff to put in my body to, to, to later, I don't want to get too graphic here, but you know, you know where I'm going. I understand. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. To me, these are, these are different level problems, but I guess for everyone else, it was like, Screw food. Like we need to wipe our butts in the most comfortable way possible. So let's go. Yeah. It's interesting. The, the, the toilet paper market <laughs> really took a shot up. You know, it's people talking about the markets and how, you know, they're, 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 you know, like well, what's going on in the economy right now. I mean, it's all driven by people, you know, it's all driven by our fears, by our hysteria, by our panic, right. what people are, the actions that people are willing to take or not take. And that's um, people's biggest fears apparently isn't not, not being able to reach over and have the comfort of the toilet paper right there. Yeah, nice a nice two ply soft comfort. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I look I'm looking around my room right now. This is the office I'm in. I'm thinking about what are all the things in here that I could use as, as toilet paper if it if it came down to it. There's a pine cone right here, so I'm I'm not, I'm not gonna use the closest thing to me. But why why is there a pine cone in my office? This is a whole question for a whole nother day. I would advise against that, Mark, uh, <laughs> unless you really want to uh, create another hole, another opening. Yeah, that's, I think that's going to add to my issues more than anything else. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's, and, and, and uh, you know, another option is I, there's this great company, uh, Hello Tushy or Tushy. I, I think I had them as a sponsor at one point back in the day when I was on part and of the And then they listen to your show and they're like, wait a minute, we can't, we can't, <laughs> we cannot support this. <laughs> No, but they're great. They're they they're bidet. They're a bidet company. Oh, so awesome. they yeah, yeah. yeah they make bidets. So it's like you know if yeah if worst comes to worse at the end of the day problem. yeah just use some water you know I at mean the it's end like, of the day get a bidet that's I don't know if that's their slogan but that that could be that could be it yeah but anyway yeah I mean it's just it's it's interesting like the, you know the fear the kind of um, what gets like driven into people's minds and then that becomes the thing. And then everybody acts on that one thing. I mean, it's amazing. There's a one pointed narrative right now, you know, it's like coronavirus, COVID-19, the pandemic, you know, what's going to happen. And so if we're, if we're also going to kind of talk more about staying sane, I would say, turn off the news, <laughs> like turn off the mainstream media news, the propaganda fear factory. That's that because I, you know, like it's interesting in times like this when it's a worldwide thing that's going on. A lot of people are turning to, you know, what, where, where do, where's the voice that I trust? Like, where's the, where do I get the information, you know, from? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I would say don't get it from the mainstream media. I will say, do you find this? at all happens to you sometimes like i i feel like it's a, a, outside of my actual lines of liberty fans and the people i interact with sometimes you feel like you're just a voice in the wilderness like to your regular people uh your, your regular group of friends that aren't the ones that follow your podcast and follow everything you do but i do find sometimes in times of major crises or major world events i do find some of those people that i often think aren't paying attention or just don't take me seriously kind of asking some questions you know yes. sometimes like what do you wait what do you think about that and it, it makes you realize like just there's just another reason to always keep your voice out there even if you feel like you're not having an impact because people are noticing in their own backgrounds um, who's out there being vocal about things and who is at least even if they don't agree with is at least generally knowledgeable on the things they're talking about you can disagree with my conclusions but most people I know probably would at least agree that I generally have an idea of what's going on or I'm someone they can at least ask my an opinion about and I do I do see a lot of more of those questions coming in in times like these and I, I don't always have the answers like sometimes I'm just like I don't know man this is crazy like I, we're, we're I'm in this too like you know I I don't know exactly how this is going to play out at all. Uh, I like to think in two weeks we snap our fingers and we're back to the old world, but I, I sadly that is not how it feels like it's going to be at all. Uh, especially when you see all these headlines, uh, uh, just, just anytime I hop on Twitter or Facebook, which is also probably d dangerous to do just as dangerous as watching the yeah. media. True. True. I, I see th think to exp experts, of course, it's always the experts telling us what we got to do. Uh, right. the, the experts saying we might need to be prepared to live with this for the next 18 months. Well, we can't live with this for the next 18 months. We'll, we'll be in a, 
worse than a Great Depression. I mean, we'll have no economy and and more people will be dead from that than will be dead from a virus. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And if the economy crashes, so did the hospitals. So does everything else. I mean, it'll, it'll all have a, a huge trickle down effect. Um, since I don't know where I was going with this, it seems like a good well, idea to step back. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, because it, it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting because like I'm reading stuff and watching stuff that's like saying, well, this is the co- coordinated effort, you know, to take advantage of a, a crisis, uh, you know, to install a uh, global digital currency, uh, you know, give everybody a basic income and, you know, um, that kind of thing, make people more dependent, you know, more incremental socialist kinds of policies and things like that. So, you know, and, and it's interesting because in a time like the, in a time like this, I feel like more people will be like willing to accept that, you know, so it's uh, maybe the, the collapse of the economy is something that they want or they yeah, whatever they, the mysterious yeah. they what's your opinion on they because mine my opinion has evolved over the years i think when i was young i think people know what i'm talking about whenever people reference what they are doing in the background sort of the behind the scenes players um i have no doubt they exist in an extent uh i don't think they is as monolithic as i used to think i think i used to think they was literally like the cigarette smoking man from the x-files back there making all the decisions and cackling away while everything you know played out now i think they is in the sense is there are powerful people in this world no doubt and many of those powerful people have very powerful vested interests in many things. And those people certainly do manipulate things behind the scenes in, in, in ways they can control, while other power players are also doing that. Oftentimes, those players work together. Oftentimes, they work against each other. And at the end of the day, we're often just caught in the middle dealing with the consequences of, of, of all these things. But I, I don't think it's sort of a, I don't think there's three guys in the room that decide everything. But what do you think? Who are they? Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. I, cause we're all human beings, you know, we all have differing opinions, even if we sort of believe the same thing, even in libertarianism, you know, you have different factions and different groups and different people that believe in different things. You have the anarchists and you have the minarchists, so mm-hmm. to speak. And, you know, all these, uh, you know, just even the people that people that distrust government, you know, you have like the, the Q people, the, the cult of Q and like, you know, all these. So it's, it's, everybody has different opinions. So why would it be any different at the top? You know, the, the powers that be, yeah, there's powerful people in the world, but they have, they disagree. They have different opinions and they're vying for power. Everyone wants to vie for more power. So I always think of it in a way of like, if you're in charge of a group of people and, you know, say like my, my cousin owns a restaurant, you know, so he's, um, he's in charge of uh, like 10, 12 people that work there or whatever. And he's always like, man, it's so hard to find good help. It's so hard to get people to listen and like do things the right way. You know, he tells me that. So I was like, well, what would be the best thing possible if you're a person of power and control and you have influence over others? It would be to just get people to do what you want them to do and just not cause too much trouble. Mm -hmm. So that's what I look at is like any, you know, like I think you mentioned like incentives or, 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 you know, the value, like how how they organize and things. And it's right, like, right. yeah, I mean, it just makes sense. It's just like the, the goal isn't like, it's, I don't think it's to like kill a bunch of people. I think it's just get people to stop being so just, just get people to be more obedient. Right. How conspiracy do we want to go on this? That's the question. Let's find out. Let's find out by, by giving it a shot. Cause I, I mean, I, I don't know. I've, I've seen a range of thoughts from people thinking it's not even a real virus at all. <laughs> to um, you know, to the the other extreme where it, it is exactly what the media says it is, and we need to do exactly what the media says uh, or what the governments are saying. Um, I don't know. My my, I probably fi- fall somewhere in the middle right now. <clears throat> it does seem to be. I mean, I, I've seen many people that I trust in the sense of the ability to break down issues like this that that seem to think it's a real virus that I'm going to say I think it is because I'm not going to claim it's not a real virus or, or anything like that. I, I guess my my suspicion comes less on the fact that it's, whether it's a real virus or not and, and more on the fact of how much is the real threat, to whatever extent that might be, be ble- being played up by certain aspects of the they, so to speak, to perhaps enact things. I mean, this is this is even 
it's here for plain sight. I mean, it's not even a conspiracy theory. This is true. You can just look at the coronavirus stimulus bill they were just trying to push through. If it was really this important, this scary of a thing, um, and, and, and the most pressing issue of our time, the bill would only be about that. Instead, both parties, depending on who you who your friends are associated with, they think it's one side or the other, but both parties fought to insert all sorts of garbage into this thing before it passed because whenever there's a big crisis like this, you know, you're going to be called heartless and, and whatever if you don't vote for the thing. So they know once it's up for a vote, everyone has to vote for it. Um, I'm sure maybe there'll be a couple, uh, one or two holdouts, uh, but for the most part, stuff like this in a quote-unquote time of crisis, just like after 9-11, just like after the financial crisis, it's going through. So they're going to get in every damn thing they want, which tells you what is the real importance here. Like, is it is it really just helping people with the, that are affected by the virus, or is the important thing getting these power structures in place and these added laws or whatever else we wanted to get in there in place now, now that we have the chance to do it? I mean, Democrats try to put like half the, green, the new Green Deal just into the coronavirus virus bill. I mean, some of the stuff they're trying to do is crazy. The bill was just passed, I believe, and I don't know exactly what's in it, but I know it's a bunch of garbage. Um, there might be some small amount that's going to people for supposed relief. But as we know, even that is just money they're making up out of thin air. That's going to end up devaluing the currency and, and all of these other terrible things. And uh, yeah, I'll call that complete rant for now again. Yeah. Yeah. And We're the DO tagging out here. Yeah, tap out. Yeah, the DOJ wants to suspend constitutional rights too. Like, they're the Department of Justice has secretly asked the Congress for the ability to detain uh, arrested people indefinitely. Right? Like, uh, just all these. There's all these opportunities. Oppor- op- opportunities. Opportunistic. <laughs> that could be the uh, name of your uh, your toilet paper company. Opportunities. 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 Yeah, I, uh, I mean, you know, opportunists is what I was going to say, or opportunities for them. But, uh, but yeah, man, I mean, you know, it's, it, it is, this is like a new kind of nine 11, like a global nine 11 event, you know I mean? It's like, you know, you just see all this stuff coming out of the woodwork and, and anybody that thinks that the, the government is doing anything to protect us or cares about the people by any measure whatsoever, you know, is, is insane. In my opinion, it's like they're, they, they look at more ways to get, the things that they want to get done, done. That's really all that it is. You know, and people are talking about Cuomo right now in New York. They're like, oh, he's doing such a good job. Oh, Cuomo should be, I mean, yeah, he wants the votes. He wants the power. He wants the respect. That's all these people want. That's why they get into politics in the first place. Because they go, I can be a leader. I can tell people what to do. That leads me even further down the conspiracy angle because now, not that I think the coronavirus was uh, invented to uh, promote Governor Cuomo, but but I think that there does seem to be this suddenly out of nowhere uh, media drumbeat to call this guy such a great leader. And now at the same time, even Joe Biden, I don't know if you've seen this at all, but there's one or two clips where Joe Biden himself is saying, maybe I shouldn't be the nominee. Like, it, it, like he like is referencing this idea that he might not be the one. And it's like, wait a minute, you've basically been anointed by the DNC and everyone, even, even Tulsi Gabbard, and Bernie Sanders are, are getting behind you. And w- so why are you making whispers that maybe you shouldn't be the nominee? And then suddenly at the same time, we're hearing all this rumblings about Cuomo being a great leader. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking too deep into this. But th- when I see a, a drumbeat of any kind or um, in, in the media, I always start to think to myself, what what's actually going on here? Yeah. Well, yeah, obviously, right? I mean, it's, it is. And it's, it's so difficult to really know. But I think as, like, I always try and take the position of, I, I, I know there's one thing that I know. And that one thing that I know is that, uh, you know, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And the people of power, all they want is more control. If you look at the history of civilization, you know, how do we understand uh, history? We usually understand history and we're taught history in the state run uh, school system to understand it by the rise and fall of empires, you know, the Byzantine empire, the Ottoman empire, the Roman empire, you know, whatever it is. So I always just look at, like, I always just try and come back to that place because you can get lost in the weeds with like all going down all these little paths. But I think if you understand one fundamental truth that, um, that, yeah, it, it, it's no, it no longer becomes like a conspiracy. It just, that's kind of the fundamental truth and the fundamental true nature of, of humanity. Right. Right. Well, I'm curious how this has played out specifically like in Colorado, what kind of, what kind of like legal orders are you actually under right now? Is it similar to here where basically most businesses that are not deemed essential are, are shut down? Yeah. 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 So, um, it went into effect yesterday at 5 PM. 
So they said they're going to, that parks are going to remain open, but uh, wait till they get crowded. And then they, they change their mind like they did here in LA. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah. Cause they're like, police will be enforcing social distancing policies. I'm like, oh, that sounds really weird. That's like, really, really scary. Like, and if, if you're talking to a group of your friends, are the cops going to come up and like push you guys away? Like, so you're six, six feet, feet away, six feet right. away. I mean, yeah. it's, it's like a joke, but also like I, I could see it going that way. If this, if it becomes this thing, that's, I, what I'm really scared of, this becomes something that is, because it's this invisible thing, we can always, you know, the flu season never goes away. So there's always going to be either this coronavirus or other coronaviruses or other viruses that keep coming back. Yeah. This one or a new one. So it feels like this is this excuse that can always be used to do these things, to, to lock people down, to keep them apart, to keep humanity from interacting with each other. And that, that's my bigger fear longer term is what's going to happen to people who suddenly... You know, like for for many people, like human interaction is the thing that keeps them going. You know, it's, it's the thing that I mean, I, I'm really afraid of like how many like suicides are we going to see or, or people that suddenly lose contact with with the world. I mean, yeah, we can all hop on Zoom calls and hop on Facebook for now. Who knows when, when we start getting deplatformed for talking about coronavirus conspiracies too much or, or what have you. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, I, 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 I know it's it's. You know, that's why it is the new 9-11 event, you know, because this, the, like the whole world basically has become a germaphobe now, you know, like, like we, now this is, it's so embedded in the public consciousness because of the repetition of the state, you know, mouthpiece media, just, you know, be afraid, you know, this virus, it's spreading, you know, flatten the curve, all this kind of stuff. So this all, all this stuff becomes a new normal. It is scary because it's, you know, we do, we do need each other and we need like, we need sun and we need, you know, social interaction. We need to be like physically feel the presence of each other's energetic, conscious human, you know, meat suit, you know, like it's not enough to just be, you know, have you ever spent time just alone and not coming in contact with any other human being for like a week or, or more? It's really, you start to really feel sick, you know? So maybe, you know, we want to get deep down the rabbit hole. It's like, I do. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go all the like, way down. This whole social isolation, distancing, quarantining thing, it's probably going to make people more sick, That's you know? Crazy. And then, and then we'll be more like, will be more susceptible to mandated orders and things like that coming down that are going to try and help us from our sickness, you know, yeah. within, in the form of uh, pills and vaccines or whatever. Yeah. That's the thing, whether it's a, a grand conspiracy to pull it, put us under control or whether it's just normal government stuff where politicians are just flailing away and, and doing what, whatever they think they need to do. The results might just be the same either way. You know, if, if, if we don't stand up and find a way to change this, this can't become the new normal. I mean, we need, this needs to be really, really fought because we're going to lose ourselves as hum- humans. If, we don't interact if we don't go into nature i mean people are saying yeah we just need to do this for now uh just to flatten the curve like you said or or whatever it is but it's not going to go away so then if okay let's say everything calms down and maybe they see enough cases dropping or they do enough testing that they feel people can go back to work in two or three weeks okay and what happens in a, a couple months or a month or two when it comes back and they say oh there's all these new cases now so then we, what then we have to shut down again we have to social distance again we have to just keep returning to this the, a solitary way of life um and i, I know we were going to talk about how to stay sane maybe we're maybe we're just going to drive people more insane right now but uh we'll, we'll get to some other things in a minute this is this is good i think this is <laughs> yeah. good this is good information well, because to say, this keeps you sane yeah yes. yeah you know that to know that there are other people out there that are having these thoughts. It's not just like you sitting at home thinking these crazy things. It's also me and Mike and probably some other people around there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, the kind of medical monopoly, martial law state, whatever is going to happen or whatever that's, you know, that's not so pleasant, but also the other thing that I worry about too, that we've seen unfold for the past, like, you know, four or five years or whatever is uh, like with social justice warriors is now, going to be social social distancing warriors. Yeah. It's like, I already see it. I see people here in Denver, like, um, you know, like, you know, go home, stay home, like get the fuck out of here. Like, 
you know, quarantine, like shut up. Like, you know, I want martial law. Like I want people to go like order the guns. Tell them to come here with the tanks and the guns. You've heard people, people say out. those actual words. I want. I have. Yes. Yeah, that, is, that is scary. That yeah, is scary. it is. It is scary because, because people are so scared that they, they, you know, they want to prevent this, the spread of this disease or virus or whatever. Yeah. That they're like willing, they're willing to accept anything, you know? Yeah. And the, the, I think one of the hardest things is if you question the narrative at all, or, or not even just the narrative, but the, the actions, the reactions to it at all, people will just lump you in with, well, you don't care about people, old people. You don't care. I mean, my mom's had pneumonia and then is definitely in the category of people that would be way more susceptible to having problems with this virus. So believe me, I don't want anybody to extra to die. I don't want anybody extra to be sick. But at the same time, I, I think you can achieve a lot of keeping people safe and keeping people you know, quarantined, people that are at risk, um, testing people, making sure that people are doing things smartly without shutting down our entire society, without telling people we now have to maintain a, a six-foot distance. I mean, and, and I see it seeping into the culture. Like, even before any of these orders came down, we already had the joke, like, at work with, like, oh, it's the corona bump, and we just do an elbow now. But now I'm starting to think, like, is that where it's going? Are, is hugging going to be banned? Are we allowed to hug people in, in, the, in, the, in the future, in this new world? Are we allowed to show up and, and show affection for people? Are we allowed to be at a party and dance closely with someone, you know, I mean, all these normal kind of things that are so healthy for us in the sense of interacting with, with, with humans and, and, you know, just being a human, are these now going to become not just not just things that are maybe frowned upon? Maybe they'll be illegal. Like, I, I don't know, because because that is right. the logical that really is the log logical conclusion of what they're saying about this stuff. I mean, and there's there's viruses and things all around us all the time and bacteria. And yeah, I think people should make a lot of efforts. We're probably as a society should make more efforts to stay um, more clean and, and not visit older people when we have a flu or when we have a, even a little cold i think there's a lot of lessons we could take from this stuff on a voluntary basis um but i there's one thing to learn lessons and there's another thing to forcefully reshape society into this socially distanced thing where we all just have to remain in our little cubes do whatever work we can now do um all my work was used to be with television production and live events which none of which exists currently so right yeah um, so now maybe this is my life podcasting which, which is maybe it's one of those twilight zone dreams because I, I you know i've dreamed of like a life where i all i have to do is podcast all the time uh so maybe it's it's one of those you know twilight zone deal with deals with the devil like okay you want that all right well here here you go you got it. He, yeah. Mark Claire wished to wake up in a world where all he did was podcast. Little did he know he'd be stuck in his house forever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I got it. I mean, this, this is what's happening. So sorry, everybody. I made the wish. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know this would happen. You bring up such good points there, Mark, because it's like, you know, we take it for granted the compassion, the uh, connection that we have with each other, you know, friends, lovers, partners, relationships, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, it's, it's really physical touch and, and physical being in the presence of other people and showing affection for other people. You know, really this is a, you know, if you want to break it down to this, this kind of level, it's like the, the war of, of fear against love. Like, you know the, the the fear paradigm is is overtaking and and separating the people and keeping us distant and isolated, which uh, which yeah which does make people sick and does make people uh, feel like alone and depressed and in dark places. You know because we really do need to spread the love and share the love and and you know it sounds cheesy or cliche but it. It really is. You know, everybody out there has somebody that they love, somebody that they want to give affection to, somebody they want to hug, somebody they want to kiss, you know? So yeah, now, I mean, what, like, you know, if you're single, like dating, That's like, what can I was you just go say, like, are, are you allowed to date anymore? <laughs> I know. Right. It's, hope, it's, it's, hope you it's were weird. Up before this. Otherwise I guess you're, you gotta be celibate now. Right. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, uh, you ever see demolition man? Yeah, yeah, of course. So, like, you know, when they sit down to to have have sex, or you know, there's no physical, they they go to high five and they're like they're right, like, right. like this. So the, that that's, I mean, you know, and and there's there's only one restaurant. It's Taco Bell. That's the other thing. Like the and economic drive through only because you can't interact with human beings, and a robot's gonna have to hand you the the food that you order on the thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. And um, that's the other thing too is like the 
kind of what's happening to all the local mom and pop shop businesses, the, you know, startup entrepreneur people that are, you know, have a little shop in town. They want people to come, you know, now who knows what's going to happen. These, these places are going to get crushed. That's the other aspect of this. That's uh, the economic aspect that whether it's uh, just, just because it's the way things are going to play out economically or whether you want to buy into the conspiracy side of it, I think the result might be the same. I mean, you shut down small businesses for even two to three weeks. A lot of those businesses don't even have two to three weeks worth of cash. I mean, so they're they're at least not employing their employees if they're even staying in business. They might have to go under under completely. So even if this comes back in two, three, four weeks, you might have seen so many small businesses go under. So many people that work for them lose their jobs. Now, who do they have to turn to? Well, who's left? Guess what? Amazon's expanding. Walmart's expanding. And I'm not I'm not really an anti big corporation person, per se, as long as they're doing it in the voluntary way. Uh, but it is it, when it happens this way, it feels worse <laughs> when it happens because the government is shutting everything down. And then when we spring back up, the only ones powerful enough to survive are going to be these giant corporations. And now we just, everyone left. We'll just have to go beg to beg to them for a job. And then right. we, we do find ourselves in the dystopian future um, in, in that world where it's hard for libertarians to argue on straight individual property rights because these corporations are literally end up really controlling the world. Not just in the way that a lot of people say they do, um, you know, without much, necessary evidence but i mean when it comes down to all when all small businesses go under because this keeps happening and what if this happens once a year like small businesses can't exist through this once a year even let alone for 18 months let alone twice a year i mean if this becomes a new normal it will be very very hard to be a smaller business and you will only see larger corporations run things i don't i don't see any other way for it to play out yeah yeah, it's just yeah, I'm like I'm with you too. Like I'm not I'm not like anti. Like I use Amazon Prime. Like I love it. It's great. You know, it's convenient. You know, I used to get and my groceries from them, but I, in the last two weeks, you at least here you can't get any. There's every time you go on, it says no delivery windows are open. Yeah, which is weird because you would think that that would be something that they could offer. I can still order random things from regular Amazon, but it's the the, the delivery app. They go to the grocery stores and get the stuff. So I think, I don't know if it's a supply issue or just so many people are now trying to get delivery because they don't want to go to a store. Um, what, whatever it is, I can't be lazy anymore. I now, now I have to go leave my house. Ironically, the one thing I didn't want to leave my house for before, I, I now I do have to go leave my house for to go get groceries. Yeah, isn't that so weird? <laughs> I saw a meme someone put up that was like, um, you know, government like issue, you know, says like social distance, everybody follow the orders of social distancing. And then you see a picture of like a crowded supermarket and everyone's like on top of each other. Like I went to the supermarket uh, a couple days ago, like people were like, you know, like leaning over to get the, like, people were not, right. people were all together in the supermarket. So it's like, what's going on here? Like what, we're being told to social distance and isolate. Yeah, like, but I can't, I can't go on a trail hiking out here now, but I can go like get in line with a bunch of people to, to with all our groceries that we're all like breathing next to each other in the inside a building. So why, right. is that, why is that good? Why is that? How bad? is that good? How does that make sense? It's like these, um, these weird like exceptions that, that happen. Like we're like, it's like, Oh, it's okay. It's okay to do this now. Uh, just for this short period of time. Like, um, I always go back to like any, well, whatever the, the like now they're, they're, uh, they're delivering cocktails and beer right, right. And, and, yeah. and things like that. It's like, yeah, like why couldn't yeah. we just always do that? <laughs> if we like, can get cocktails in a crisis to go, why can't we to get them in regular times as regular, well? Regular, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, it, yeah, really calling into question all these absurd rules and laws. Like, I hope people. That's what I hope in in this time of trying to stay sane. Stay sane by paying attention to like what's happening and what's going on, and trying to add up like what makes sense and what doesn't make sense. You know, and that things like that don't make sense. Like I remember in New York this one time where the stop and frisk thing was going on and the police were like, they weren't, um, now it's going to be stop and distance, <laughs> stop and distance. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to measure how far from your friends you're walking. Nope. That's only five foot, 10 inches, two more inches. Come on. Yeah. And yeah, it's, I mean, that's yeah. Oh man. But the, the New York, uh, the, the police commissioner issued like a statement saying like, and it was in the pay, all the papers and stuff. It was like, you know, because of what's going on right now and, and uh, they weren't um, on strike, but it was like some kind of like limited thing the police were engaging in. We're only going to make necessary arrests, absolutely necessary arrests, right? Wait a second. Isn't arrests already supposed to only be when it's so necessary that we have to put you in handcuffs because we have no choice? Shouldn't that already be what it is? Yeah. And, and the prisons are now releasing nonviolent uh, criminals. Otherwise... You know, 
peaceful people, uh, you know, nonviolent drug offenders, people that victim people that are in jail for victimless I mean, crimes. It, it really like, is a time for libertarian talking points in so many ways, because if it really is proving by the fact they can turn this stuff off and the world doesn't burn except for the coronavirus stuff. Um, well, why don't we just live this way normally, not the social distancing way? Why don't we allow cocktails to be taken out? Why don't we allow private companies to create tests for things and send them at home to people? I mean, the FDA just said they're not going to allow these at home testing kits. They don't even question that they work. They don't even question that they work. They just don't think people should be allowed to get their own tests it's that, for, for just that reason. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Meanwhile, if you really believe this, this is when the conspiracy thing kicks back in. If you really believe this virus is the worst thing in the world and that we all need to stop each other from transmitting it, you should want everyone to get a test in their hands like as soon as possible. I mean, I mean, now there might be an issue with false positives too. I've heard a little bit about that. Some people get false positives. Either they never developed the virus or they later get a test and they, they don't test positive and nothing ever happens. So it's, it's hard to even say maybe there is a legitimate concern, not from the FDA. I don't think that their concerns are legitimate, but in general, that maybe some people will get te- false tests, false positive, and then overwhelm the system just going to their doctors. But I mean... Right now, they're telling people not to even go to an emergency room if you think you have corona or go, don't go to a hospital, which to me makes sense because if you if you do have it, you're going to give it to other people there. And if you don't have it, you might get it from someone there. So just stay away altogether uh, unless you really need a ventilator or serious, you know, serious, uh, serious medical attention. Right. Yeah. And and I'm, I'm even hearing from a couple of different sources that I've been looking into. Uh, uh, Mike Brank's sources, finally. Yeah. I wonder where we get to the, where can they get to those? Well, a couple. Yeah, it's not like I have like. Uh, I wish I had. You got some CIA sources. guys, don't you? Come on, that'd be great. Uh, but uh, no, just you know, going online and just looking at different different people is as what I do is what I encourage everyone to do. Don't just listen to one person or one narrative or one channel or whatever. Go and find a, a diverse range of differing opinions and you know from all over and kind of put it together for yourself. But but one of them was like you know they were talking even about like how these tests aren't even so that accurate to identify the COVID-19 coronavirus uh-huh. that, you know, because uh, the symptoms are so similar to flu symptoms. And I mean, it's, it's coronavirus. It's, this is a coronavirus. COVID-19 is a version of a coronavirus. Right. They're, they're calling it a novel one because there's no vaccine, I guess, for it. And there's, you know, the, it hasn't been seen before, but it is just kind of a, an exaggerated flu virus um, where you have very similar symptoms like fever, cough, you know, these kinds of things. So it is, they're, they're saying that they're really just kind of issuing like check marks to people, even if they're just testing for, so they don't really know. They're not like a hundred percent. You could have some different coronavirus that maybe somehow comes up and they just say, okay, well that, that was this coronavirus or what have you, who knows? Right. Yeah. And did you see the, the Bloomberg article that was, uh, that was put out that said 99% of people in Italy who tested for coronavirus had pre-existing conditions and pre-existing health right. uh, issues, right. you know, and, and on most of those people were 65 years and older and it's Italy, you know, all they're doing is, you know, eating, you know, pasta and smoking cigarettes. Right. So. They eat pasta, smoke cigarettes. They all live with their, uh, like a lot of it, people in Italy live with, I think I think it's like one of the oldest countries in the world. Like a large percentage of their population is over 65, like you said. And then a lot of those families live together. So if there is a virus spreading around quickly, it's going to really get to the old elderly very quickly because they all live with the elderly and interact with the elderly a lot more than, than our population does. So it makes sense that it, plus they have a nationalized socialized health care system on top of that. So if you add all that together, it, they are the worst to me, what seems like the, the recipe for the worst case scenario. Right. Um, and it seems like they have been the worst case scenario besides maybe just the initial outbreak in China. Right. Yeah. And like in the media perception, though, to, to scare people in America is look at this uh, white, you know, um, right. sort of normal hey, country. This happened to people that are kind of like people, you know. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but really, you brought up a good point. This nationalized, socialized healthcare system. Yeah, they're completely under. They can't. They can't handle this. It's not. It's not efficient. They can't adjust. They can't. You know, make make you know, adjust to new changes or anything like that. Not that, I, that the U.S. healthcare system necessarily can, but they certainly can more so than a country who's basically entirely nationalized, like Italy. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hey, go home. Rub some garlic on it. You'll be fine. <laughs> But yeah, I think, I think it's, it's, I think it's really, I'm not saying that this isn't bad. I'm not saying that people aren't dying from this. I'm not, you know, denying it in any way, shape or form. I'm just saying that I think that what's going on is that, you know, I don't trust the Chinese communist dictatorship to report accurate information, right? I don't trust also a corrupt, inefficient, socialized, you know, 
government of Italy to report accurate information. And I don't trust the United States government, and I don't trust the World Health Organization, the CDC. I don't really trust any of those sources, and I don't they, trust- They could the, be downplaying it or upplaying it. I really have no idea. Is the, that's the thing. Yeah, I don't Maybe know. it's way no worse idea. than we even know. Maybe everyone in the world has it, and it, we're, we're all ticking time bombs. I, I have no idea. <laughs> that's the thing. I don't know. And I think, yeah, I think also be, yeah, being in that a way to stay sane is, is to be open to not knowing. Yeah. Be open to not knowing and being open to new information because as soon as you form your and shape your narrative, you close yourself off to any possibility of new information because you'll form and shape your narrative and then you'll use, you know, you'll rationalize and justify everything that comes your way. As soon as you decide you know, and libertarians have a big problem with this, even with our own philosophy, as soon as you decide you know exactly what it is and exactly how everything should be interpreted from there, then you become someone that is just like the, the people you were kind of arguing against before you're closed yes. off now now you're not open to other people's point of view maybe there is something even if you know the pure exact libertarian ideology i don't know maybe there's something you didn't think about in, in a certain way maybe there's always something you can learn there's always as long as you're open-minded you don't need to be proven wrong you just need to listen to what other, other people are saying and see their perspective and then you can say well here's my perspective and that's why i i, I think my my v- vision is right but when you decide it and you decide it as this concrete thing then you just defend the fort you know you're not actually trying to interact and engage and grow the community you're just trying to, you're just living in your own metaphorical sort of a quarantine so to speak your ideological quarantine yeah yeah which is comforting you know it's come it's it It can can be be, it can be comforting but uh you can sit there and say i know i'm right everyone around me is crazy and well gosh darn it here i am i guess i'll just defend the fort and i'll 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 go down knowing i was right (laughs) yeah 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 i mean and again just to bring it back to i just think that the one thing that's definitely for certain is that this is going to change things we're not really going to go back to normal. There's going to be a new normal, you know, depending on how, you know, we'll see how severe that is. But I mean, it's, you know, the, the, the government tiptoe, the boiling of the frog, as they like to, uh, you know, to do is like little incremental changes and make things normalize things and then advance a little bit and advance a little bit, get people and on with board. This, this has gone so extreme that even if they take it back 80% and keep the 20, we're still drastically changed. Yeah. And yeah. And it's interesting because it's like, you know, I'm not one of these people that thinks that we're going to be, you know, in FEMA prison camps and and shackled to the floor eating gruel all day. You know, I, I, I really think that the scariest thing for me is like, the people who follow, who blindly obey and follow orders, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the ordinary men and women who now all of a sudden, you know, go on the kind of, you know, attack and, and ask for you to conform and for you to adapt, right. you know, and, uh, you know, like, how do you get people, how do you get police and military on board to like carry out, you know, more dracon- draconian orders and things like that? It, it's not, you, you wouldn't be able to do it with like a, you know, this kind of like an evil muhaha agenda. But if you do it in terms of like, hey, there's a virus and we got to keep people safe, you know, right. then it's like, yeah, totally. Yeah. Like, you right. know, martial law, whatever, lock it down. Well, let's uh, wrap up on maybe some some more positive vibes, positive thoughts about what we can do because there's there's two ways to look at the world. You can you can look at it and be upset about the things going on around you and just kind of, you know, wallow in it and be upset about it, or you can just take take a sort of inventory and say, "All right, Here's these things happening. There's certain things I can't control. I can't control if a state government governor issues some decree that we we can't do certain things or that businesses need to be shut down. The only things I can really control are are well the things I control. <laughs> that that's a, sort of a circular statement. But uh, I can control what I do. I can control how I react to things. I can control what I do with my life. So I mean, for me, like. I, uh, I'm a big proponent, a big fan of this thing called DDP Yoga. It's this old uh, wrestler, Diamond Dallas Page, that made his oh, yeah. sort, of, sort of yoga thing. I should probably get him on and uh, yeah, have him as a sponsor. Bang! Anyway, I've done that every morning since since, since I've been at home. And that's just the way, like how I start my day. And then I have a shower. And like at least that's the way it's like I'm in a routine. I'm doing exercise. I'm doing something healthy for myself. And then I'm going out and walking my dogs and having a shower. Like I'm doing routine things so that I'm not just feeling like I'm, I'm some bum who's at home. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm working. I'm living a life. I'm doing a having a process i'm you know doing things that are good for my body things that maybe i didn't have as much time to do before you know i might rush to work out before i go to work before now i i can just get up and really give it what i want to give it i can really get a full workout um i think things like that getting into a routine and being productive like there's not a day i haven't been 
doing either a podcast or doing something with Lions of Liberty. And I also have like a whole bunch of other things I want to be doing uh, as I get to them. You know, I have skills I want to learn, skills I want to improve. And this is just the first week of me on lockdown. I've already you know worked my way into starting a few new things. So I think if you are someone who's at home, now some people are at home with remote jobs, lucky for them. I'm at home with, I can't do my job anywhere else, but on site. So I'm here just doing nothing right now, not doing nothing. I'm doing all this other stuff, but it's my time. So I, my choice is I can either just be sad that I can't go to work and be, and be upset, or I can take this opportunity the universe has given to me, you know, this opportunity that I've always, it's, it's like the twilight zone thing again. You know, I've always wished, man, I just don't have enough time. I just don't have enough time to work out as much to develop this skill, to learn this thing. But, I can't make that excuse anymore. Like now I have the time. I, that, it's, that excuse is completely off the table. So if nothing else, use this time that we've been given or forced to take, whatever you want to call it, and develop yourself, you know, get get yourself into a routine, uh, get yourself healthier, get yourself more, get your body more able to, you know, create its immune system, uh, become a healthier person, get your mind better, maybe get into meditating if you've never done that before. You know, just try to improve yourself as much as you can, because that's what you can control. You can control what skills you learn. You can control um, your mind, your body, and the things you do with it. So that that is my, those are my parting words to all our audiences out there that, you know, try, try to focus on the things we can control. Of course, you should still be a voice out there. I'm not saying we should completely distance from social media as well and and give our opinions on things. I certainly do it uh, as well because I think it's important to to be a voice in shaping these narratives because you know we have to have alternative voices out there now more than ever. Um, as long as yeah. we have to. I mean that that's another thing I, I do fear coming is is all of these social media companies and organizations that work with governments to deplatform and censor people are going to use this as something that's so important that we just can't have misinformation out there. And who's, I don't know about guests are not talking about coronavirus. I mean, you could probably argue it's probably true that, there, that in this last hour, there's been misinformation. Like I'm sure one of us said something wrong or one of us had a theory that is not true. I mean, you know, we're, cause we're just tossing stuff against the wall. Well, what happens when they start, you know, taking that and, and saying, well, now you're, you're spreading disinformation about Corona. So we got to take you down. I mean, that, that's the kind of thing that worries me. Me. Anyway, I meant to end on a positive note, and then I veered, veered back into a <laughs> dystopian nightmare for a minute, but uh, I'll let you take it away and, and wrap things up. <laughs> sure. Yeah, no, I love your positive note. And, um, and uh, you know, when we think about what the most valuable resource is, like when I think about that, I always think about time as being the most valuable resource, right. you know. And, you know, the, when we have time to ourselves, we're really kind of like, able to take this opportunity to take the power back almost in a sense and really empower ourselves to, to be less de- dependent on sort of the marching orders of the tick-tock of the clock, you know, the masters of time and reality in our world. Now, there was a time in, in, in the world when we, we have, as a culture, as a civilization, whatever, traded time for other things. You know, we've we've outsourced other things, so to speak. But there was a, there was a time when more people had more time, when more people were more connected, when you you know you spent your time farming on the land and you you know grew your own vegetables. But people were more empowered. They knew how to do things. They knew how to fix things. They had real tangible skills that actually directly impacted quality of life and satisfaction. You know, I think because we can all agree that nobody really has a great time in social isolation. We all have great times when we're with people, when we're with community. So, you know, I think that taking this time to improve yourself is the best possible thing that you can do. You know, if you have a yard, if you have something, see if you can start growing some food or, or doing things like that. And the reason why I'm saying all this is because I think these skills are going to be really, really important to become more self-reliant and less dependent on the, you know, technocratic power elite, you know. And and then you don't need to freak out quite as much. Uh, I mean, obviously, no one wants a pandemic or no one wants to be closed in or locked down. But if you're the more you get yourself prepared, whether it's your your skills, uh, preparing your body for for to fight off sicknesses, or preparing yourself by just making sure you have enough food and water, the more you do little things like that, the more you will be prepared if these things continue to come back or when something else entirely that different that we haven't even thought of happens. Uh, there's no downside. There, there's literally no downside to improving yourself. I guess is the point. So you may as well take this opportunity to do that because what else you got to do? <laughs> That's right. There's the silver lining. Take the opportunity to improve yourself. Like there's literally no downside. If no one's ever said, oh man, I improved myself for nothing. 
damn it. I, I lost 15 pounds and I'm all jacked for nothing. <laughs> right. You know, I feel good and I got, I'm getting sunshine. I'm eating healthy and my immune system is strong. And man, I and, learned two new languages and now I know how to edit video and what the man, this sucks. It's all for nothing. This yeah. Is brutal. Now I'm just going back to life all for nothing. Darn it. Yeah. Then this is the, this is the opportunity to, for, uh, for people to, you know, this is the opportunity for the empowered individual. I think, you know, like we're at home where we have time, you know, you can waste it, but uh, I say, take advantage of it. All right. Well, I think those are excellent parting words. Uh, Mike it has been a blast. Thank you for joining me here live today. I hope people take something from our conversation or if nothing else, it just distracts them from Corona for an hour, even though that's all we talked about. I guess it's not, I guess it's not the best distraction for coronavirus, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. I like that we ended on a positive note, Mark. It's always a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you for having me on. It was, uh, it was awesome to be here. Thanks, Mike. All right, Katie Cats, and I hope you enjoyed this little Saturday bonus edition of Lions of Liberty. I gave you this one commercial free, but just want to remind you before I sign off to uh, please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Lions of Liberty. All the bonus content, including this live stream with Mike Brancatelli, is always available to our patrons first and foremost, along with all sorts of other stuff we're doing. And of course, you can dip your toe in the water, check out the live streams in our Pride Facebook group by joining as a Lion Cub for as little as $2 a month. And no matter what level you pledge at, 10% of your pledge will go towards supporting our friends at Donorsea and their response to the coronavirus and all the fallout, especially how it's hitting poorer countries around the world. So please do check that out. Patreon.com slash Lions of Liberty and Donorsea.com slash coronavirus. Friends, we will have the normal Monday show coming at you in just a couple days here. Uh, I interviewed a really amazing guy named Michael Cheney. Some of you might have heard him on the Tom Woods show before. A great entrepreneur, great libertarian, had an awesome conversation with him. And of course, we do talk a lot about the effects of coronavirus and what's going on in the UK. He is, ba- he is based out of Scotland. So look forward to that one on Monday. And please do follow our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Lions of Liberty. We usually keep a lot of the live streams we do behind the paywall. But uh, during these times, I'm doing a lot of these for the public because we really just want to get the conversation going about this stuff. Uh, try to help you guys stay sane. Try to get you guys more and more content. And again, we can always use your, your support uh, in doing so. So you can do that, of course, again, at patreon.com slash Lions of Liberty. You can also check out lionsofliberty.com slash donate uh, to see how you can donate via various different cryptocurrencies. Uh, You can also send us some dough over PayPal, paypal.me slash lionsofliberty. We do really appreciate all of your support. Hope you guys enjoyed this little bonus show today. We'll be back on schedule on Monday. And until then, my friends, live long and live free.